Hello and welcome back to the TTP, Tatani Talks Parsha, this year where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. Wanted to remind you, you can help us build the shows, build the dream, build the vision to have a brighter, bigger future for the Tani Talks podcast. Join us in our campaign. The Chesedfund.com, 1S slash Tani Chesedfund, 2S's slash the Tani Talks podcast. Help us build that bigger future today. We are hosted by JewishPodcast.fm. The premier Jewish website for Jewish podcasting. Get your podcast started up today. Feel free to reach out to us via the website or email me personally, MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. Anyone and everyone can host and have a podcast. So easy, so wonderful. Sign up today. And we are now hosted also by Naki Radio. We have our own channel, thanks to them, the wonderful people at Naki, the Tani Talks podcast. You can find our channel via their website, nakiradio.com, and their portal, and get your internet radio player from their website. It is fantastic and awesome. We have one in our own home, nakiradio.com. So we're getting towards the end of the Parshiot of Shemos, the technical specifications of the Mishkan, and different Kalim and different Bigadim and different elements of the Mishkan and of people who served in the Mishkan. And as we come to Tetzavim, we think about commanding, we think about putting forth the idea of putting things into fruition, putting things into action. Some commentators ask, why is it that we have Truma Tetzavim and then we have Vayaka Pekude, where they talk about all the Kalim, they talk about all the specifications, they talk about all the things we need to set up, and then we talk about it again that they actually did that. And they also did this. Why talk about things so many times? And the answer many commentators give is because one of the times was the specifications, one of the times was talking about it, and the second time was about doing it, putting things into action and implementing things. Because a lot of times we read things, a lot of times we see things, a lot of times we're inspired for things, but we don't actually act on the inspiration. We actually don't act on things that we see or hear or things that we watch or things that we listen to. It's all important to actually put things into action and to do that which is done. And that's why the Parsha starts off, you, Titzave et B'nai Yisrael, all of B'nai Yisrael, take them, have them be involved, have them actually learn and put things into practice. That's why Pirkei teaches us, someone who wants to learn and to perform and to do will be given the ability, that's not the words that Pirkei uses, but in general from davening, if you want to put things into fruition, you have to have the ability and think about putting things into fruition. You can't just learn for the sake of learning, staying in the four walls of the base medrash as a hermit your whole life. So many mitzvahs in the Torah require us to get up and out outside the base medrash, outside the home, in the community, in the world. You can't be involved in business. You can't be involved in dealing with other people if you're not actually in the business. You're not actually interacting with people. You can't fight Lush and Har if you're alone the whole day. It's not such a fight for you. It's not such a difficulty for you. you. You can't have the ability to worry about business ethics if you're never involved in any dealings. You have to be titzaveh. You have to be commanded with all the chukat of Hashem, with all the different aspects of Hashem. And as we look at titzaveh, we see different things involved. Of course, we talked about the candle, the ner, the, the ability of the nerot of Shabbat, the nerot of Yom Tov we talked about last time, last week. But putting it into, into fruition, we talk about the parochas, we talk about the mishkan, covering the mishkan. In our own life, what do we have to cover our mitzvah items? There's something called big day kedusha and tashmishe kedusha, and there's also the elements of those things that are wrapped in kedusha. For many, many years, I wanted to get these 
silver encased, encased tefillin boxes. I've been searching for them for years. They're harbe harbe yakar, very, very, not even proper Hebrew, but they're very expensive for like $1,000, so I'm not doing that. I even looked for silver-plated tefillin ones, but they were out of stock in my size, size 42 to tefillin, thanks to Chabad and to my dad. But when you think about encasing things like the talus, you think about things encasing things like the tefillin, it should be in something, if, if not as nice, lahavdil, as your laptop case, as your knapsack, as your case for this or that, much, much nicer than that. The Parochas teaches us we want to encase the Mishkan, and we have the, the, all the different colors and all the different beautiful products and different colored dyes. My wife and I once saw a virtual tour where somebody in Israel was explaining that there was a really beautiful dye that they used for the different curtains and coverings in the Mishkan that was very exquisite, very royal, very royalty-related, because to encapsulate the, the house of Hashem, especially in the Midbar and the base of Migdash, you need to have the finest materials, and so too in our life, our mitzvah items should be the finest materials. Just like you can't buy a shetel for $40 from some random store in the middle of, of uh, Yahapitz, you have to have a shetel, however many years old or however many years new it is, for a couple of hundred, couple of thousand, you're not going to buy a $40 one from the middle of Yahapitz. So to Lahavdil for mitzvah items also, your tefillin should be encased in nice cases. If they're broken, if they're ripped and they're, and they're shredding, it's time to get new ones to properly encapsulate them and properly Put them in cases, a tefillin bag, if it's if it's being unwoven, if it's ripped, if it's dirty, if it has lots of spots and stains, it's time to it's time to put it in properly, it's time to cover it properly. Your actual talus bag and the bags you cover it in. How do you take it around? Do you randomly put it under your feet and let it drop in the wet, drop in the water? I have a talus bag. My mom knitted one for my talus, one for my tefillin, and they're very nice colored and very nice related to aspects. And then there's also a plastic bag that I put them in with the shoulder straps so I could carry it like a backpack right next to my chest when I'm going into the shul, and it's also protected from the rain. We want it to be held and protected in the right way. You think about your lulav, you think about your astrogan sukkahs, is it in a nice case or a bad case? A lot of us have those silver-plated ones. Is it nice or is it not? Think about the Shabbos candles. You know, there are different aspects and different ways to have Shabbos candles. Some people have crystal. Some people have glass. Some people have metal. We have metal. Different candlestick for each member of the family. And is it a nice metal or is it a random copper for $2? Is it a nice metal? Do you tarnish it and do you actually make it look nice? A couple of weeks ago, I actually sat down and polished them after a long time. And with the new one, thank God, polished it to make it look nice. We want the mitzvahs to be done in a nice way. We want them to be encaptured, if that's not even a word, in a nice way. The parochas teaches us, the mishkan teaches us, the all coverings of the of the mishkan, all the coverings and the aspects were nice, and we need to make sure that all things involved in our mitzvahs are also nice as well. Things that we have are your gemaras, are your... Books, are they in nice places or are they randomly haphazardly on different shelves? Do you have bookcases for them lined up properly, assorted properly? I have a special area downstairs in our bookcases that is just the Gemara area. There's the book area and then there's the other sitter area. Each safer should have a special area. Of course, in a shul, in a home, if you have, if you're Zohar to have a safer Torah, you're Zohar to have Svarm, are they bound well? Are they kept well? Are they having a nice cover, a beautiful color? Are they polished well. Things in our life we should make sure to do so as well. And we learn that from the Mishkan itself. What do we tetzave? What do we learn from tetzave? Many different things. They should have tefers. They should have splendor. We think about the begadim. We think about the the garments. Aharon had eight garments. The Kohen Gadol had eight garments. I can't even think of them offhand. We know there was the tzitz and we know there was the eifod. We know there was the avnet and the mechasayim and there was the, 
the shirt and the all these different ones to be the splendor. And a regular coin had four. They had the belt and the pants and the hat and the shirt. But special garments, special way to, to serve Hashem in the Mishkan, to serve Hashem in the base of Mingdash. Of course, nowadays we don't have such things even for Kohanim or non-Kohanim, but do we show up to the shul? Do we show up to work where we can make a Kiddush Hashem in ripped clothing and tattered clothing and soiled clothing and, 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 and clothing that has lots of stains and lots of spots? Do we realize that we too, in a way, are priestly people? We're the nobility. We're the children of Hashem. We're the princes and princesses of Hashem. I talk about this all the time. Not just talk about modesty that I shouldn't wear something that's way too tight or way too loose for myself, but does it have stains? Is it ripped? Is it tattered? Is it becoming of something that's an evident of Hashem? Think about the Bigadim. It's literally talked about in the Parsha, the Big Day Aaron, the Kad Show, to sanctify Hashem. If you walk around and people say, wow, that guy, he's He's a Jewish guy, but look, he dresses like a schlump. There's no ability involved. There's no royalty involved. He just looks like a guy that came off of the ghetto off, off, off the 86th Street and 52 Avenue. You have to have it that it's a nice way, that it's a royal way, that it's a Kedusha way. The begotten that you have for Shabbos, of course, pressed and nice and and clean and kempt. But even during the week, clean and kempt. That also goes for the appearance. Don't look like someone who needs a haircut 15 years ago. Make sure to be involved in well. And there's so many different things we could learn from the Parsha also. You think about the Chosh and what is precious to your heart, precious to your mind, precious to your life. Different things involved could be the crown jewels of your life, not just an actual sapphire stone that represented each shavit that the Kohen Gadol would wear and ask the Urmim to different questions like in the Navi to go to war or not, but things that could be precious jewels and crown jewels in your life. What is considered the crown jewel of your life? Is it that you made another sale or is that you were able to finish another Mesachta? Is it that you were able to accomplish another bicycle run or that you're able to host another shear, have another shear? What could be the crown jewel in your own life? What could be the, the golden aspect, the golden royalty in your life? We learn from the Kohana, we learn from the people around. What could be your Choshen? What could be involved in your life? Besides for the clothing, besides for the crown jewels, in the Parsha we also think about the chalot and the matzos, that they should be nice and they should be fluff. I myself am not talented in the way of making chalot. We tried many, many times. There are many people that are much better than me. But you have to have a table. We talked about it last week. It should have nice challah, nice food. The table could be a mezbeach to Hashem. The table could be a way that we offer up things to Hashem. The table should have... Elements of talking Torah, elements of doing songs and, and involving your kids, involving your families as well in the life. As we come to the end of the Parsha, we think of different things also. When we offer, when they used to offer up an aisle, they used to offer up a carbon. A carbon was a sacrifice. It was basically giving a gift to Hashem. Hashem gives us life. Hashem gives us tons of gifts every single day. What can we gift back to Him in our own life? Of course, nowadays in the in the presence of Carbona, we have tefillah, we have prayer instead. So when we're involved in tefillah, can we take an extra second, an extra moment to thank Hashem? Shevach bakasha and hoda, my wife talks about all the time, for people that it's too hard to do a whole davening, at least to do those three aspects. Thank you, Hashem, for my children. Thank you, Hashem, for my wife. Thank you, Hashem, for my house, for my car, for my job, whether it's big or small. The fact that you have a roof over your head, clothing in your back, food, children, clothing, job, that's more than 99% of the world have, especially many, many different countries. So we think about the aisle. We think about what we could sacrifice and give up to Hashem and understand that we could give back to Hashem what we could do in our own lives to think about waving back to Hashem, giving back to Hashem, thinking about what could be shown to Hashem and that we could appreciate from Hashem in our own lives. The Mishkan 
can be in your own life, in your own house, in your own heart. We also see Mikdash Bishachati Bishacham we talked about last week. The Mishkan is talked about plural versus singular because every one of us can make a Mishkan in our own heart. We can make a Mishkan in our own house, in our own lives. And of course we can make a Mizbeach in our own way. And the Badim, think about what we are carrying. We're carrying things throughout our life. We have 120 years to carry what? Are we going to carry more money, carry a bigger house, a bigger car? We're going to carry mitzvahs, carry chesed, carry Torah learning with us to the next world. That's what's really a good thing to carry. That's really what's good to take with us. So as we think about what we could command for ourselves, what we could bring for ourselves, think about these different elements we could bring to this world and hopefully bring with us to the next world in order to make our lives better and the lives of those around us better in order to bring Mashiach, may we be Zilcha speed in our days and may it happen today. Join us next time as we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.